Blog Talk Radio. Rifleman Radio Show on Block Talk Radio. The Rifleman Radio Show is sponsored by the Appleseed Project, which is a program developed by the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to teaching rifle marksmanship, <clears throat> rifle safety, and American heritage and American history. We want uh, folks to remember where they came from, who came before them, and what those people did. We are the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775. A huge debt, a debt we cannot repay. However, we can honor them by remembering them, and that is what we're dedicated to do. Glad everybody is tuning in this evening, and uh, we've got a ton of stuff to get out. <clears throat> we'll uh, start off with the uh, these upcoming shoots, current schedule upcoming shoots. Get that out of the way. Let everybody know what's coming up, <clears throat> and then we'll go directly into the show. All right. Uh, starting this coming weekend, November 21st and 22nd. That's the next uh, weekend. We'll have Auburn, Indiana. El Paso, Texas, Lemoore, California, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Midland, Texas, Ramsar, North Carolina, Buckeye, Arizona will be the first weekend of November 28th and 29th. Buckeye, Arizona, November 28th, 29th. 
Also that weekend will be El Paso Community College in El Paso, Texas. That's the indoor shooting range uh, that's run by the uh, El Paso uh, Community College Law Enforcement Center. So if you're looking for a place uh, in the heat of the summer or in the cool of the winter, looking for a place uh, where you won't be bothered by either of those extremes, <clears throat> and you're in uh, West Texas, that's where you go to. It's an indoor shooting range. Uh, however, there are only 21 positions open. That's the limitations on that. So if you want to make sure that you have a shooting position for that weekend, in El Paso Community College Law Enforcement Indoor Shooting Range, November 28th and 29th, here is what you do. Go to rwva.org or appleseedinfo, one word, .org. That will take you to our homepage. On the homepage, in the upper left-hand corner, you will see a tab that says Appleseed. Click on that tab, and the drop-down menu will come down. On that menu, you'll see Schedule. Click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page that I'm on now that I'm reading from. On that page, it will give you a month-to-month, weekend-by-weekend listing of all the shoots where they are uh, in each state. You look at a shoot that you want to go to. Once you've uh, uh, determined which shoot you'd like to go to, there are two hot links to the right of that. One says information. That link will take you to the information page for that specific event. The uh, directions, locations, any special considerations, any special laws, etc. Then right next to that is register. You click on that register link, and that takes you to our third-party uh, registration software, which is Eventbrite. Eventbrite handles our registrations for us, and uh, you can pre-register there. Now, once you pre-register, it's going to show up on our uh, registration, our pre-registration page. That allows us to look at the page and determine how many people are coming to the event. So we'll know how many people, uh, how many instructors that we need to schedule for that event, how much gear we need to send, etc. Because it's, it's never one shoot on some single weekend. Uh, there are always multiple shoots across the nation that need uh, multiple airline tickets, multiple hotels, uh, multiple groups of instructors, multiple uh, rented cars, multiple porta potties, etc., etc. So you help us and you help yourself by pre registering. When you pre register, you won't get to the location and say, oh, sorry, man, we're, uh, we're sold out. You can watch but we don't have a place for you to shoot. That would be a drag, wouldn't it? Well, forego that situation by pre-registering and help us make sure that we have a good instructor-to-student ratio. We have all the supplies that are needed for the shoot by pre-registering. Once again, to pre-register, go to rwva.org or appleseedinfo, one word, .org. That takes you to the home page. In the upper left-hand corner of the home page is a tab that says Appleseed. Click on Appleseed. You'll get a drop-down menu. Scan down that menu to about the middle of it. You'll see Schedule. Click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page that lists the schedule of upcoming events. All right. Also on the weekend of November 28th, 29th, is Lewiston, Idaho, Mayaka, Florida, and Riley, Indiana. That takes us to December. We have the first weekend in December is Mechanicsville, Virginia. That's December 5th and 6th. 
Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Rio Rancho, New Mexico. That sounds better. December 5th and 6th. Now, that takes us to the December 12th and 13th weekend. <clears throat> we have a shoot in Austin, Texas on December 12th and 13th. That's at the Austin Rifle Club. It's a nice big club. Uh, they just got through this summer hosting uh, international events uh, and uh, national events for uh, IPSC and uh, uh, and several other pistol and rifle uh, championships. Uh, it's a great club, uh, a great location right there in Austin. <clears throat> and this is going to be our uh, uh, kind of our introduction to them. Uh, so we would like to make sure that we have uh, a good showing there. So we're going to need some help with uh, promotions on making on getting the word out that the uh, that the shoot is going on that weekend in Austin, and also uh, having a good show of instructors there. I'd like to make sure all the uh, Texas instructors and then anybody else that uh, that wants to uh, drag themselves up there and show up, we could certainly use all the help we could get because, as I said. Uh, it's a very professional organization, and we would like to have a really uh, big showing for our, our audition, uh, as it were. <clears throat> Austin uh, would be an important – this would be an important range for us to get in Austin because Austin, of course, has uh, multiple millions of people there, and it's a much easier drive. Uh, we're having to make things easier for folks, and uh, if we have to do that, fine. Uh, there's no reason that uh, – no reason people shouldn't be able to have a shoot uh, right where they live. That's the whole purpose of what we're trying to do anyway. And uh, if we can get the Austin Rifle Club on board, then we'll have uh, a location for Appleseed events right there in Austin, right where people can get in their car and drive uh, 15 minutes to the event uh, and uh, drive 15 minutes back home afterwards at night. <clears throat> so if you are interested in helping out with the uh, Austin Rifle Club event, December 12th and 13th, just shoot me a PM, scout on the forum, uh, and you can you are hereby given complete uh, freedom to assist in promotions any way possible. <clears throat> okay, uh, December 12th and 13th weekend also we'll be hosting a Castle Rock, Washington shoot, Colebrook, Connecticut, Corona, California, Mayaka, Florida, Piru, California, and uh, Piru just had their rifle boot camp, as did we here in Davila. Uh, I talked to uh, Bob 210 just a few minutes ago by phone, but I, I wasn't able to talk very long with the show coming up. I talked to Junior Burnman also, who was uh, running out the event out there. And uh, they had a great event. They had a great shoot, a lot of good shooters, a lot of good uh, work done. We had uh, nine folks here at the Davila Rothman's Boot Camp. And then we had a nice uh, big event afterwards at the Appleseed. I believe we had, uh, I believe that there were close to 50 shooters total uh, for the weekend. And uh, everybody had a good time. Everyone learned uh, the uh, six steps to firing the shot. Everyone learned about NPOA. And uh, everyone learned about building a stable shooting position. And thrown in for free, 
were the three strikes of the match. The story of Lexington Green, the North Bridge at Concord, and along Battle Road back to Boston on April 19, 1775. The day our history started. The day America was born. The day men and women stood together in ranks uh, in order to safeguard their rights and liberties. <clears throat> so, also the 12th and 13th is Ramsur, North Carolina. Red Bluff, California, San Clemente, California, St. Augustine, Florida, Sherburn, Louisiana, Stinson, West Virginia, Tacoa, Georgia, and Yanceyville, North Carolina. That will take us to the, I believe, the third weekend in December, which is the 19th and 20th. That weekend we'll have Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Sierra Vista, Arizona. And then the last weekend in December, the 26th and 27th, we'll be having an event here at Davila, Texas, and then one at El Paso Community College. That is the weekend of December 26th and 27th. That brings us to January 2010. January 2010. Ten years. Ten years after the world was supposed to end in the year 2000. The year the world was supposed to end because of a computer glitch. And I guess it didn't. The uh, first event for January will be the 9th and 10th at the Austin Rifle Club. The next event will be Corona, California, also 9th and 10th. Peterborough, New Hampshire. Hubertus, Wisconsin. Fresno, California will be the second weekend in California. The second weekend in January will be in California, Fresno, California. Uh, The weekend of the 16th and 17th. Also that weekend will be Kingman, Arizona. North Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, Piru, California. And that will bring that weekend to a close. The next weekend will be January 23rd and 24th. That weekend begins with Lemoore, California, Ramsur, North Carolina, and then Sacramento, California, January 23rd and 24th. Now, there will be some other locations that will be put on the board by then, so... Don't write this down and chisel in stone as the only events going on that weekend because there will be more. <clears throat> By the time January 2010 rolls around, there will be more events for January. So make sure that you uh, stay current by going to appleseedinfo.org. Go up to the uh, left upper hand corner. It says Appleseed. Click on Appleseed. Uh, you'll get a drop-down menu. On that drop-down menu, click on Schedule, and that will take you to the page. Uh, that I'm looking at now, and allow you to uh, to locate an event and then find the information about it and then register, pre-register for the event. Pre-registration is quick and easy. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> I'd like to tell uh, all the folks who are listening that were at the uh, 
at the RBC here and in California this last week. Thank you for all the work they did. I'm not talking about uh, uh, just the instructors. The instructors, of course, first, because this is a long period. We've got a full eight long days uh, of rifle marksmanship and instruction. So we're talking about uh, 10 hours plus a day uh, and eight days of it. Uh, a lot of folks sacrifice what vacation time they have uh, in order to help instruct at these events here and in California last week. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's a lot that goes into setting it up. Uh, I was running a bulldozer uh, six days solid right before the event, uh, running the bulldozer, trying to get the berms built up uh, for the actual distance, and then uh, having to scoot my regular job around to uh, nighttime and bale hay with the uh, with the tractor lights uh, and try and get uh, the range mode and uh, all the targets and stuff set up, etc. Uh, I don't have a... I don't have a staff <laughs> to assist. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into putting one of these on. And uh, I really want to thank the instructors uh, who came out and helped. We had uh, uh, Brett Anderson, Vortrekker, uh, and we had Paul Hunt, Troy Pop, uh, Steve Raby, who is uh, sir not appearing in this film. Uh, we had uh, uh, several more. If I don't if I don't throw your names out there, it's not because uh, I don't appreciate every minute you devoted to it. Uh, JB worked out in California. He had Bob 210 helping with him and uh, and several other folks. Let's see, V was there. Uh, I also had Metalbot, Mark Talbot, uh, helped with uh, running the event on the Saturday and Sunday following the boot camp. <clears throat> on, uh, last week, you guys listened to uh, the folks from the boot camp. We sat down on my front porch and uh, had everybody come and and get on the radio, say hi, and and talk about what they were experiencing. And I don't have to tell you that I believe some of them even said it there, that when you attend an Appleseed event, and especially attending a Rifleman's boot camp, this is not just uh, it's not just a shooting match. You don't just go to one of these things and uh, and show up and you shoot and then uh, have you some lunch or something, a barbecue sandwich and uh, and a Pepsi and then uh, shoot a little bit more and then go home. If that's what it was, I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't have put uh, 200 hours into getting it ready. Uh, and uh, helping to run it. What it is, is a life-changing event. It's going to change your life. I see lives changed at every Appleseed event that I attend, and certainly at every Rifleman's Boot Camp. There were bonds made, there were friendships made during this last week. Here in Davila, I know for sure, and I'm certain that they were in California also. There are bonds made this last week that will that will be eternal. They will they will run 
past the point of uh, the, the people's lives when they expire. The uh, the friendships that are made, the information, the instruction, the techniques that are learned are absolutely amazing. Oh, listen, I almost forgot. I wanted to thank uh, Chris, OG, because last week we were doing the show on the radio. And uh, the story I got is that uh, Chris and his wife were laying in bed listening to the radio show and that uh, Chris's wife, being the wife of a rifle, the wife of a rifleman, <clears throat> she knew the right thing to say and that was, "Honey, wouldn't you like to go to that?" <clears throat> and uh, from what I understand, he had his trousers on and zipped up and uh, his truck loaded within 30 minutes and was on the road from Oklahoma down here to Texas. And uh, he rolled in at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, the next morning, and just in time to wake everyone up in his uh, traditional old grunt way. <clears throat> so I want to thank uh, Chris. He... He came here, he helped out, he uh, threw himself right into the instruction, and uh, and uh, it was a blessing to everyone. <clears throat> me especially, I'll say me especially, although I, I doubt I have any dibs on it, but me especially because uh, I love Chris to death. Chris is a, a brother to me, and I love him to death, and, uh, and just seeing him there, uh, he wouldn't have had to do anything, he could have just sat around and uh, listen to the radio and I'd be happy so <clears throat> I want to thank him for that for for jumping in his truck and driving down at the uh, at the uh, drop of a hat and then a thanks <clears throat> to all of the folks who attended as I said before uh, most folks in America don't have uh, they don't have a lot of free time. I mean, we're just uh, we're certainly not in that mode. We've got uh, everything to do. I'm no different than anybody else. I don't have a lot of free time. Uh, even if I weren't doing Apple Seed, I still wouldn't have free time. I'm not. I don't have some special uh, uh, some special stuff that uh, allows me to do it. I make the time. Everyone. Myself included has uh, has jobs, has uh, work to go to, has funerals, and uh, and football games they have to take their kids to. They have uh, on and on everything you can imagine: birthdays, uh, anniversaries, uh, everything, and yet. Somehow or another, the time gets made because the people involved feel that the the mission, the Appleseed mission, is important enough that they somehow carve out the time for it. Uh, they sacrifice what free time they have, and uh, the people who attend the events are no different. They have decided to uh, sacrifice whatever uh, free time they have to devote 
uh, eight days to learning to become a rifleman and an instructor. And that's eight days for the instruction. Uh, the travel time is extra. We had one attendee who drove uh, straight in from Colorado and, of course, had to drive back to Colorado. Uh, so we want to thank them for sacrificing that time to become an apple seed instructor, to put themselves uh, on the trail, on the path to becoming a rifleman. This is a very important thing to do in your life. And uh, if more people did it, we would not be in the precarious position we find ourselves in this day. <clears throat> All right. The the title of the show this evening is Four Score and Seven Years Ago. And the reason that's a title is because uh, I was reading a history of uh, the United States at war the other day. And uh, they were talking about Gettysburg. Lincoln came to Gettysburg not long after the battle. Now, as you know, during the American Civil War, 51,000 men were killed or wounded in the fighting there at Gettysburg. 51,000 men killed or wounded in the fighting at Gettysburg in just those two days. Let me say that again because I want you to listen to it and I want it to sink into your heads. 51,000 men were killed and wounded in the two days of fighting. That's a lot. That's a lot of men. Uh, especially in a in a time where you're still using muzzle-loading rifles. And... Uh, Part of the problem was is that the the rifles had advanced faster than the tactics. You know the the idea of sending men massed together headlong uh, into other massed units, where they had actually those days had actually been over for a couple of decades, but the tactics had not managed to stay in tune uh, with the hardware with the rifled muskets. And that caused tremendous loss of life on the battlefield. Lincoln came to give a speech there. Now, the folks were actually a bit shocked because his speech was only four minutes. Uh, I'm sure that they were expecting a, a lot longer talk, and uh, they were so shocked that they didn't say anything when his speech was over. He, Lincoln himself considered it a failure because uh, of the reception it got. At the end of his speech, nobody said anything. They, they just weren't expecting it to end. And of course, now we know that it has, uh, it has become uh, a very famous speech over the last hundred years, and and it still has great meaning. But I want to draw your attention uh, to the beginning of the speech. 
Uh, matter of fact, I think I may I may read the whole thing. I may read the whole thing in just a second, but uh, but let me explain to you that <clears throat> the speech started out as four score and seven years ago, <clears throat> and what he was talking about were the men of the American Revolution, four score and seven years ago. So. Almost 90 years prior to them, and they were still referring back to the American Revolution. To them, it was still a very, uh, a very important event, something to be uh, to have thought about, it, something to be referred back to the founding fathers and what they had done, what they had done in order to create the the nation. So he was referring back to it. <clears throat> Here, I'm, I'm, pardon me for just a minute as I as I'm digging back to it here, <clears throat> and then getting my my reading glasses on. <clears throat> Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth. On this continent, a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who were here that gave their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here. But it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that the government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. All right. I told you four minutes before, and uh, actually, 
Lincoln spoke for only two minutes, and the audience was so shocked at the shortness of the speech that no one applauded. Lincoln himself confessed to a friend he thought this effort had been a flat failure. Lincoln's words, however, would ring through history, immortalizing the sacrifice of the nation's sons. That's what we're doing. That's what the Revolutionary War Veterans Association does. We can't... We can't... uh, Repay the debt... The men and women of April 19, 1775... The debt that we owe to them. There's no way we can do that. There's no way we can repay it. What we can do, though is to honor them. To remember is to honor, and that is what we're doing. To know your history, to remember what your history is, to understand it, to know what your history is, so that you don't end up repeating it in circles. You know, they have the cliche, uh, the saying that has become cliche, that those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. Well, perhaps it's become cliche, or more more likely, it has just become forgotten. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people even remember uh, that saying anymore. But if you don't know your history then how are you supposed to know who you are? Let's think about this. Let's say, uh, let's say that, uh, that you as a person, say you woke up one day or, or just had your lights click on, <clears throat> and you didn't know uh, your name. You didn't know your last name. Maybe you know, knew that your first name was, uh, I don't know, uh, Jedediah. And, uh, but that's all you knew. You didn't know your last name. You didn't know where you lived. You didn't know uh, your mother's name or your father's name. You didn't know your grandfather's name or your grandmother's name, nor did you know what they had done in their lives or what your father and mother had done in their lives or even what you had already done in your life. Without knowing any of that, how would you proceed? How would you go forth on this day when your lights opened up, what would you do? How would you know where to go? How would you know what you have already done? How would you know the things that worked and the things that didn't? And the answer is you wouldn't. You'd have to you'd have to start from scratch. You'd have to completely start over. That's the whole point of knowing your history, knowing what has already happened, what has been tried, what worked and what didn't work. Now Shakespeare says, there is nothing new under the sun, but even he was not the first person to say that. Even he was not the first person to say that that nobody's saying anything new, that there's nothing new that somebody's going to do that hasn't been done before, somewhere, somehow, by somebody. And that's the reason you have to know history. You have to know what has been done, what has been tried, what the outcome of it was. 
We know that on April 18th, General Gage, who was the uh, the military commander of the British regulars in uh, America, decided that in order to uh, to put a stop to the dissension and hopefully put a stop to uh, any uh, possible warfare going on, that he would make a raid out into the colonies and confiscate the powder of the colonials. If they didn't have gunpowder, then there's nothing to put in their rifles. Same way if you wanted to if you wanted to stop travel across the state, you don't have to destroy everybody's car, right? That would take a lot of time. What you can do though is you can shut off the gas. That's very easy to do. You shut off the gas and nobody's going anywhere. And that was his plan for the colonies. Shut off the powder and then uh, nobody would be able to do anything. They wouldn't have any powder to do anything. And uh, on the surface, it sounded like a reasonable plan. However, uh, in actually uh, in actually presenting it, it, it didn't work quite so well. As a matter of fact, the very action that was uh, that was supposed to be destined to stop uh, any violence or bloodshed was actually the the engine which created it. <clears throat> now, where I get to go backwards, you would see cases of this uh, already tried before, and when you go forward, you'll see cases of it tried again and again. <clears throat> the Colonials didn't want independence in the beginning. They simply wanted to be treated the same as the rest of Britain's citizens under the British Constitution. Well, you fast forward to 1824 in what was then part of Mexico, what is now Texas. You'll find the Texas, the Texans, uh, asking for the same thing. They wanted the the same rights and privileges granted to the Mexican citizens under the Constitution. Now, when they were denied those, then they began to uh, they began to grumble and dissent. And the general at the time thought that the best possible answer would be to go and confiscate their powder, their uh, their firearms, their cannons. And so he sent out a group to do that, which resulted in the beginning of the Texas War for Independence. So, so we can see that people... Uh, people who do not pay attention to history, they keep repeating it, and they keep getting the same answer. Now, if you look in uh, in the dictionary, you will find that that doing the same thing over and over, but constantly expecting a different outcome, is actually the definition for insanity. Had these men studied their history, 
then perhaps they would understand that their actions, what their actions were destined to bring on. You cannot, you cannot go ignorantly through your life not understanding what has happened to you, even into your, your own immediate uh, history. Uh, let's take it, uh, let's go back to the person who just woke up. <clears throat> Say he just woke up, and he didn't realize that uh, the day before he had driven his automobile at 60 miles an hour through a 40-mile-an-hour speed uh, zone, and he had been stopped and uh, ticketed for it. Well, since he didn't have that knowledge, he did it again the next day, and uh, he received the same thing. And I'm sure, in his mind, he was thinking, how did this happen? How did this happen? I had no idea. But he would have if he would have known his history. We can't give you, the LFC program can't give you all 234 years of American history. And by the way, happy birthday to, uh, happy birthday to the Marines. Uh, 234 years of service to this nation. We can't give you all 234 years of the history of America uh, because even attempting to do so uh, in detail would take uh, at least, uh, uh, I would say, three to 400 years. Uh, what we can do, though, is give you a place to start you want a place to start to learning your history, to learning the history of the United States of America, you can start on April 19, 1775. That's the day that we pick to begin instructing or informing people of this nation's history, because that's the day it began. And in many ways, it's one of the most important days of American history. It's actually the most important day as far as the birth of our nation is concerned. So, since we can't give you all of the history of America, what we can do is we can give you a little bit of history with a hook. Now, many people think that this time period in American history is, is dry and dusty. I, myself, was one of those. You know, I remember reading Fred's articles way back when, and uh, I, I never read the whole article. I couldn't bring myself to do it back then. Uh, because I would only read uh, a couple of sentences, one or two sentences at a time. And uh, I was, my mind was on other things. I was looking for uh, things to buy and sell in order to make money. And uh, so when I would read uh, something he had wrote talking about uh, the American Revolution, I thought, oh, good grief. Good grief, he's talking about the American Revolution. Uh, I doubt I can even read the stuff he's saying without getting covered in dust. I don't have any time for the American Revolution. That's too long ago. And it's just a it's a dry, frilly, uh, pirate shirt kind of thing that uh, it really has no uh, relative meaning to to now. And you know, every time I confess to that, I still feel the, the pangs of guilt and and shame. 
I don't have time to remember and honor those men and women who uh, who sacrificed in many cases all so that I could have uh, my home, I could have this ranch, I could have uh, the things that I have. <clears throat> they sacrificed their lives, their fortunes, so that we could have this nation, and I'm think, and I'm telling them my first response to them is I don't have time to even read a paragraph about it. That's pretty sad. They don't teach it in school anymore. Go on the street and ask somebody about it. As a matter of fact, whenever I give my, uh, when I've been giving the instructors uh, the section of instruction where we teach them to talk about American history, about the three strikes of the match. And a lot of people are worried about public speaking, uh, about getting things right, because we throw them into it. Like at the Rifleman's Boot Camp, uh, they start getting the history the very first uh, morning when they get there, before they even shoot. And by the end of the day, we start telling them, okay, we want to hear it back. Let's get up. You get up, and you tell me what you know about uh, April 19th. And a lot of them get very worried. They get very nervous about it because uh, they just started hearing about it that morning. And what I tell them is, don't worry. Have no fear. Nobody knows what you're talking about. You could tell them that uh, General Washington led the British regulars uh, to attack General Gage and Nancy Sinatra on Lexington Green. And uh, the people would just nod and say, yeah, I, I kind of remember something about that. And uh, and they have no worries about getting names or dates wrong. What we're trying to get them to do, though, is to tell the story from their heart. Tell it from the heart. People don't care if you, don't get, if you get the exact uh, dates or if you make a mistake on the names, etc. They're never going to know uh, right then and there. Now, later on, if they go home, if we've given them uh, a significant hook, and they do become interested in learning about the history of the country they were born in, then they might figure it out. They may remember it, and it will give them a laugh. Uh, but they're not going to know that morning whenever you're talking to them. All you're going to do, you're going to tell the story to the best of your ability, and you're going to make people believe that it means something to you. And because you have made them believe that it means something to you, perhaps it should mean something to them. Perhaps they should be as excited and as passionate about it as you are. Maybe they're going to want to go home and they're going to, they're, they're going to want to read about it. Let me tell you, before I began reading about American Revolutionary War history, I had stopped way back up at uh, World War II. I thought anything anything past that was too dry, too dusty, too stale, too boring. That's exactly the opposite. That period in American history was the most exciting, the most adventurous, uh, the most romantic, filled with the bravest, uh, the most beautiful women, the most handsome men, the most romantic, the all the superlatives together describes that period in our history, that time when when every man who stood up, every man who became active in it, uh, 
became a linchpin in our history, became a, uh, an important part of what is now our country and the reason that we're here. So that's what I tell the folks. I tell them don't worry about getting every single detail right at first. As you read more about the American Revolution, as you read more about your history, you will get more knowledgeable about it. You will get more comfortable with it. But until then, the whole point of it is not uh, to show people that you are an expert uh, on American history. It's to show people that you are passionate about that period that you believe strongly about that period, that you want to, to remember and to honor those men and women. <clears throat> We're doing everything we can in this nation to dissolve, to destroy that part of our history, to get rid of it, to forget it. There's too many dangerous thoughts that were brought up in uh, in that time period too many too many dangerous ideas that were brought up in then uh, if people start thinking about that period if they start learning about it then then the idea the the the, the idea that the constitution is a living breathing document might not uh, seem so good to them they may not think that that's a very good idea they may think that the document as it was written was pretty close to how it should stay for eternity. When they start going back and they start reading that the rights uh, that are spoken of in that document <clears throat> actually predate the document, that the rights that were listed were not granted to us by the governor by the government they were simply acknowledged by the people and the government was put in charge of protecting those rights the government didn't grant those rights those ran, those rights predated all the documents that's some pretty heady stuff very dangerous ideas that that rights aren't granted by the government. Man, now you who, listen, you start talking about that and uh, who knows what could happen. The rights were not granted by the government. They were simply acknowledged as rights that were to be protected by the government. That the government is not a senator or a congressman or even a president. It's certainly not uh, any type of agency, uh, including all the alphabet-type agencies. The government, as it's written down, is a government of the people. The government is actually, we, the people of these United States. Man, that's even a more dangerous notion, isn't it? The government belongs to the people. Well, listen, that's what I'm telling you guys every week. You are the government. You are the very government 
that the document speaks about. The folks in Washington are simply there to ensure that uh, that your ideas are represented there. And when they stop representing you, when they start following their own agendas rather than listening to yours, well then it's time to get rid of them and get somebody who will listen, who will do the things you say. Those representatives, those senators and congressmen serve at your leisure. Sometimes they need to be reminded that. Sometimes you need to tell them that. <clears throat> All right. Uh, if you'd like to to call into the show, we'd love to hear your comments uh, or answer any questions you have. The call-in number is 347-308-8790. And... Uh, if uh, one of you guys, Sam, if you will get that, I don't see Karen in there, but it, uh, if you will list that there on the the online, and I'll say it again for the folks listening, three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero, and we welcome you to call in. Uh, so let's uh, let's take a call real quick. All right. <clears throat> Uh, area code 361, you're on the air. Area code 361. This has either got to be uh, Pop or Josiah or or one of them. Can you hear me? All right, we'll come back to them in uh, <clears throat> in just a second. As I said, if you'd like to call in, the number is 347 347- Three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Area code five eight zero. You're on the air. Area code five eight zero two seven eight. You're on the air. Hey Scott. Hey, who's this? OG. I just can't get a really good signal on my computer, so I have to listen with myself. Hey, well listen. Did you hear me talking uh, the sweet words of love about uh, your trip down here? Yeah, I heard. I heard. I did that for a purpose, though. I mean, there were so many good instructors, and listening to the students, I knew I could help out somewhere. So, And I knew it was probably going to be one of my last events before I actually go down for a surgery, so why not go do a boot camp instead of just a regular apple seed? So you can do more good there. Well, you did a great job, and uh, I value every bit of, of time that uh, I can spend with you. Uh, I think I was bailing hay when you left, so I missed you uh, because I wanted to say goodbye, but I missed you when you left. Uh, It's never goodbye. It's never goodbye. Right, right. And you're going to let me know (coughs) whenever the, uh, when the Army figures out when they're going to uh, fix you up, right? Oh, yeah. We're looking... And more than likely, I'll end up eating turkey in the hospital. But I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll get to walk better again after it's all over with. All right, well, let me know when it happens so that uh, <clears throat> I can put you on the prayer board uh, at church and uh, and put you on the prayer board here at my house. Yes, sir. Also, uh, I still have the bag of stuff that you left here. Uh, so... <laughs> I need to, uh, I need to mail that stuff back to you because uh, I'm sure it's fairly expensive. So, yeah. Sure, and PM me your 
uh, mailing address so I can put that in the mail to you. Sure. <laughs> and thanks again uh, for your for the time you devoted when you came down, the instruction uh, that you gave to the folks. Uh, I'm not sure anybody was happy with the uh, uh, 545 Reveille, but but they needed that too. <laughs> it was time to get to work. <laughs> well, I did actually see scores climb though with you know the one-on-one -on -one instruction that we were able to give the students that. By the second day I was there, it was like a light bulb came on, and a lot of the things that they were having problems with went away, and they could concentrate on shooting the rifle and score. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and I'm thinking you helped, too. You were working with the uh, uh, with some of the ladies that we had come. and uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, And you did a good job with them, and I'm glad you didn't, uh, that you weren't babying them. Oh, no. You did a... You did a good job in uh, in getting them pushed forward, and uh, they appreciated it. <clears throat> like I said, and I just appreciate uh, appreciate having you around. Uh, wish we lived closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's still fun though. I like that drive. Every time I go that way, it, it seems like the scenery changes all the time. Yeah, and then you're about to. Uh... <clears throat> now, are you still going to be able to start? I know that you do uh, guided hunts. And uh, you do a lot of guiding and stuff during the DRC. Are you still going to be doing that before your surgery? I'm going to try and get out a couple times prior to, but it looks like, you know, a couple of the other guys are going to have to pick up the slack and take it over, which we know that ground so well. All we have to do is just drive in and shut the lights out. All right. And uh, I know that uh, I've heard you give the history before, matter of fact, you gave it at uh, at the boot camp uh, earlier in the year, and uh, yes, I know that it's just as important to you as it is to me, and mm -hmm. and I still hear every time somebody comes to an event. Uh, in one way, I'm always kind of surprised. Uh, that they'll tell me, you know, the shooting was great. The shooting was great, and uh, I learned a huge amount. But uh, the best part was the history. Yeah. And uh, and that's what makes us, that's, that's where we fall into our niche, is <clears throat> the fact that we pay a great deal of attention to the history. The, the fact that uh, if you can't tell the history, if you can't get up and give uh, the history of April 19, 1775, then you cannot be an apple seed instructor. I mean, that's, that's right. There's no two ways about it. Either you can get up and you can give the history or you can't. And if you can't, then uh, you can't be an apple seed instructor. <clears throat> that's right. And, uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way because that's what keeps me in the program is – is the fact that Appleseed, now you have you have all types of organizations around, and you have uh, all types of campfire talk. You have all of the uh, the doom and gloom and uh, the folks who want you to uh, build a bunker and hide in it and uh, and wait for the end of the, uh, of the United States as we know it. 
And that talk gets you nowhere. Those ideas get you nowhere. What do they do? They do nothing. Uh, you have the uh, you have folks who are addicted to the conspiracy theories and to the icebergs. That's what uh, we call the problems that are presented in America. Uh, the endless problems. Uh, the 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 hundreds of house bills uh, designed to uh, limit or take away uh, firearms ownership. The uh, you name it. All of the things that uh, that are coming down the pike every day, all of the problems, uh, we always call those the icebergs. And the reason is, is that you're always going to have the icebergs. Uh, and uh, if you have the analogy where the United States is the Titanic, then the idea is that uh, is that you can focus. On, uh, on on some certain iceberg, you can focus on some certain bill to take away some rights, etc. On one, you can focus on that one and try and stop it. But just as in the oceans, the Titanic sailed, you're going to have one right behind it, and then one right behind that one, and another one right behind that one, on and on and on. So focusing on any particular iceberg is really a waste of time, because what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to turn up the temperature. You're going to have to change the actual climate. Rather than focus on the icebergs, you're going to have to focus on uh, on changing the climate in America so that icebergs can no longer form. So that's the, that's the whole purpose behind Appleseed is, is changing the climate of the nation and offering a message of hope. There is no hope bunkered up inside some kind of a bunker uh, with your family and your, your rations and, uh, and you're waiting for the end of the world. There's no hope in that. Uh, there's no survival in that. The hope comes from saying before it gets to that point, before we get there, we're going to fix it. We're going to change the future of the nation. We're going to change the actual climate so that those bills that, you, that folks like to talk about can no longer actually be generated because they won't be accepted. They won't, uh, they won't come up uh, into being. They won't become icebergs. And that's the purpose of, of the Appleseed Program, is to give folks a message of hope and to tell them that there is, there is something they can do. And that, I think, is the thing that resonates in the hearts of people who come to an apple seed is in is when they hear the story of April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five, and they hear the reverence about it, and then they hear uh, it compared to today, and and then let the people understand that because of those people, because of the people that stood together on April nineteenth, seventeen seventy five, with their firearms, who fought an eight year bloody war and then wrote documents to protect us so that we would never have to do that again. We wouldn't have to go through uh, any any wars to protect our rights because those documents are safeguarding our rights. That the we the people of these United States that the documents place in charge as the government that we realize and actualize uh, our jobs as the defenders 
the, 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 the people who safeguard the liberties and rights that we have. And we do that with our minds, with our pens, with our voting fingers, so that we never have to, uh, to go to the rifle to get something done. Now, that being said, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't know how to use a rifle, because you should know how to use a rifle. You should know how to use a rifle to defend your family. You should know how to use a rifle to defend your nation uh, from, uh, from foreign enemies. Now, we have, uh, we have the, the, the truth of that right out of the, uh, the word straight out of the mouth of the horse. Whenever the Japanese, whenever uh, uh, Yamato was uh, asked about invading America, he said, let's just invade it. Let's invade it and let's take it over. He said, no. He goes, you know what? That's never going to work because those folks over there have the right to keep and bear arms. And because of that, every one of those guys has, uh, they all have firearms. He goes, it would do no good to try and invade that country because every blade of grass uh, has a person with a rifle. So we know that uh, the right to keep and bear arms for the men and women of the United States does provide a deterrent to foreign invaders. <clears throat> so there's good reason for you to learn how to, to use a rifle. To use a rifle to protect yourself, your family, your community, uh, in times of, uh, of national emergencies, in times of uh, uh, disasters of economic or uh, or weather or earthquake, etc. Uh, we know that lawlessness can prevail. And the knowledge, the ability to skillfully use a firearm uh, can certainly come in handy uh, for certain people at those times. And uh, so that's one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons that we ask you to become uh, proficient in the use of your rifle. That's the only sport endorsed by the founding fathers. And learning to use a rifle can help give a connection between you and those men and women uh, 234 years ago. You can do the same thing that they did. You can become proficient in the use of your rifle, just like they did. You can listen to the history the story of those men and women to, from 234 years ago and understand that uh, even if you just arrived in this nation, if even if you just got your U.S. citizenship, there's still a direct line from you to those men and women who fought at Lexington, who fought at the North Bridge in Concord and then along Battle Road back to Boston. There's still a direct line from you to those people. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to try and uh, bring these folks back on the air with us. Chris, hold on just a second. Area code 361. Uh, uh, are you listening? Oh, hey, Scout. Pop, uh, I, knew it, I knew it had to be asleep at the switch. You there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. 
Well, it's good to hear your voice again. Even though I just heard it uh, a couple of days ago, it's still good to hear it, Pop. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Hey, we, uh, we got Josiah home yesterday afternoon, and I got back to Corpus about 5. And I'm back in Austin already. Oh, you you already went back to Corpus, and you're back to Austin. You at your mom's house? Guess who's coming in in about an hour? Uh, yep, yep. Don't I tell me. One. Is it is that uh, your son? The the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> well, be sure to tell him we said hello and thanks, Pop, uh, for the all the the help that you gave uh, this last week during the Rifleman's Boot Camp. Uh, you've been a very uh, uh, very loyal instructor. You showed up at the at the the last few uh, boot camps, uh, you come to events. And Corpus is not a short uh, is not a short drive from here. Uh, for folks who are familiar with Texas, uh, you know it's uh, where we are now. It's a good six to eight hours uh, in any direction to get out of the state. And uh, and Corpus is right about at that limit. Where are you? You're about six hours, aren't you? Five and a half, but yeah, yeah, it's about that. Which is a pretty good drive uh, for most people in the United States. Now, the folks that live in Texas and New Mexico, Arizona, stuff like that, I've I've come to the realization that uh, you know they think about distances differently. Uh, you know, even even here in Central Texas, or when you live rurally, <clears throat> for me, uh, and my wife hates this, uh, she knows that. The nearest McDonald's is 30 miles, and uh, and she hates that. You know, she likes to, she would like to be able to get in her car and be at a McDonald's in four to five minutes, and uh, it, it just doesn't happen here. Uh, the same way that uh, uh, in West Texas, in New Mexico, uh, you want to go to a good restaurant, uh, that might be 70 to 90 miles away. And people really don't they don't think about it a whole lot. They don't really worry about it. They want to go out and get a steak for the evening. It's it's not much to drive that 90 miles there and 90 miles back. You know, they'll drive a, a long distance to uh, to get their steaks. But uh I thank you Pop for for coming here as often as you do and uh, and I'm hoping that we get <clears throat> Corpus up to a high speed very soon also. Well, I think with uh, Josiah, it will help a whole bunch. And I, I talked to uh, Kevin Ramsey uh, earlier this evening. Uh-huh. And, uh, he, uh, he's, he was asking me, when are we going to start another one uh, down there in Corpus? So uh, we're getting ready now, and uh, hopefully we'll have at least four or five this next year. That would be uh, my plan. Well, good, and uh, and Josiah, he's got his whole family there. You guys probably heard him on the radio last week, and uh, he's a very uh, intelligent young man, very capable. Uh, he, I was very impressed with Josiah. He's a, he's a very very uh, determined and a uh, very professional young man, and he has a big family at home. That he had another uh, eight sisters and 
another uh, brother there, and uh, he's going to, and his father too, his father called into the show last week, and uh, they are going to uh, become involved in Appleseed. Heck, there's uh, there's almost enough people for an event right there, and uh, and I'm sure that they can start, uh, uh, you know, helping you there in Corpus, uh, putting the events on and uh, getting you the events set up. Uh, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to call into the show, you are welcome to. The number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. And uh, okay, oh glory. Okay, I see you're you're in now. <clears throat> I called your house uh, uh, earlier today. Because I wanted to let you know that uh, uh, I've got the package today from at the uh, down at the post office. Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like it's been on a journey. I don't know where all it went, but uh, uh, and the top was opened up, but uh, it looks like everything's in there. All the discs are in there. The uh, uh, the transcripts are in there. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here looking at it right now. The transcripts are in there. There's a a one uh, white page that, with a note written by you, and then there's uh, three pages of the folks who are uh, who are involved in the event. So unless there's something else, that looks like everything. So what we'll do is we're going to put this together. Oh, Glory uh, helped with the Fort Stewart sh- uh, shoot, and uh, she has all the... Uh, she had, she sent me the audio disc that we have from the Fort Stewart shoot and the transcripts uh, for the event. So what we're going to do between now and next Tuesday is we're going to uh, I'm going to upload the audio for the show uh, this next week, and then uh, hopefully we can get Ron to narrate the show and be the guest on it. I'll need to uh, talk to him. Uh, in the next year or two and make sure that he can do it. And then the rest of the guys uh, who were at the event at Fort Stewart, the event that we ran at Fort Stewart, uh, that is uh, Tony and Laurie, Cola Cat and Old Glory. Uh, Offshoot was Richard, Dwayne, uh, Bama, Bolt Gun, Son of Martha, Sam D, Tex Pirate, Hawk Haven, uh, Cannon Man, Flathead, P. Henry, VA Shooter, and Stymie, and uh, uh, Daryl. Also Sergeant Cap. Try and get all those guys to get on. We'll upload the audio so you guys can actually listen uh, to uh, to some of the events as they went on there. And then I'm going to post the transcripts uh, also so that you guys can uh, uh, can read along. For it, and uh, and we'll do that for this next Tuesday. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing it myself. I haven't listened to it yet because uh, I just uh, just got it from the post office on my way to bailing at another field. So I wasn't able to listen to it yet. But I'm excited about listening to it. And excited about uh, having the folks on for the show this next week. <clears throat> I think you guys will be too, because uh, it was a great event. 
and was actually, it's another one of those little linchpins of history that, I'm telling you, it's my strong belief, uh, I believe this with all my heart, that Appleseed is going to change the face of this nation. And when we do, we're going to change the world. And I like the idea that that I'm back here at the very beginning of it, that I'm, that I'm here, uh, you know, when it all happened, when I can see uh, each new thing coming up. You know, the first time we worked with the, the military, the first time we had an event uh, in Louisiana, the first event in uh, California, on and on. And, uh, and I have no doubt that someday my, uh, my grandkids will be sitting on my knee and saying, uh, Grandpa, Tell us the story again about Appleseed, about you, about back when when nobody had heard of it. Tell us the story about how what you were doing when when it first started. Because I'm telling you, that's the way it's going to be. I, I see that uh, just as clear as daylight. Is that the Appleseed program is a is a force uh, that's going to be working on this nation. Uh, for many years to come, and that we're going to we're going to bring about change, and it's going to be good change, because uh, the message of hope that we give to people is one that resonates in the hearts of everybody that hears it, and uh, there's no way that we're not going to have an effect on the on the way this nation uh, on the way this nation the the future of this nation is run. So I look forward to each of these, each of these little milestones that we have because <clears throat> because it's it's seeing the history of Appleseed. It's like seeing it reverse to me. You know, here we are at this point. Now we're at this point, and and just thinking, I'm just thinking about how how far we've come uh, in just the the last few short years and. Of course, there's a long, long way to go, and uh, and I'm working to uh, I'm working to try and uh, you know we joke about getting back on the couch, but I'm working as hard as I can toward that. Uh, I, I know that uh, CMD and myself were joking about it the other day about about working as hard as you can so you can get back on the couch, you know, getting uh, getting all your replacements uh, put in place, all the people. Uh, to do the jobs that you are doing, so that uh, so it's all getting done, and uh, you can be safe and secure, knowing that everything's getting done, and you can you can sit back on the couch, you know, get the remote, flip it back through there, because because you've done enough hard work that you know everything's getting done now. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> yeah, I can see the folks here are on the uh, online chat. We're talking about the uh, the shoot and and listen, this is no mean accomplishment uh, that the folks did in uh, Fort Stewart. Uh, especially uh, now, you think about even just a hundred folks. You do you have a hundred folks at just the uh, two day Appleseed event. You're talking about forty thousand rounds of uh, centerfire. So uh, the folks that they ran through it. Uh, certainly put a lot of ammunition. Downrange. 
All right, let's uh, let's bring another person online. Now, I see somebody just uh, hung up. Don't hang up. I'm, I'll get to you. Uh, area code nine one six. You're on the air. Ah, uh, that must be me. That's you. Who's this? Ball Dragon out in California. Hey, Ball Dragon. Welcome nice to the show. Scout. Now, were you just out in uh, Piru? No, I'm. Uh, we just had a mini uh, this last weekend. All right. Okay. And the weekend before that, uh, we were up in or down in Fresno. Well, did you send me a PM about the uh, about the instructor's bulletin, or did I? I must have just now. I must have just read your name in the chat. That's where I must have seen it. Because I, whenever you said Ball Dragon, I said, "Well, I know I just saw his name somewhere." So I must have seen it in the the online chat program. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you have to uh, to add this evening? Well, I love the fact that you're you're mentioning the history because when I first came to uh, the the first apple seed up here in Sacramento, I was kind of pushed into it by as Red Hawk Forty Four, mm-hmm. and I was just bringing my wife because I figured it, it'd be a good idea if I had somebody else teach her how to shoot. <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got an excellent well. point. You got <laughs> an excellent point. When I see guys come to an apple seed with their wives, uh, and even their kids, a lot of times if they have older uh, minor children, that's one of the first things I say is, "Hey, how about this? Let's give you a break. You just get over here and shoot, and we will take care of uh, of teaching your wife because that eliminates the uh, you're not doing it right. Yes, I am. Shut up uh, effect." <laughs> But everything changed when we sat down for lunch, and uh, V started telling the history. And I could see the look in my wife's eyes. She's <coughs> Her politics are fairly liberal, mine are fairly conservative. And when they started talking, that was one of the things I wanted to see. Was this some kind of political organization, or, or you know, what was their goal here? What was their agenda? What's their real and, story? Yeah, and when we walked away... Neither one of us had heard anything that we could disagree with at all. And it, it became clear to me that this was not political, that uh, these guys just wanted to, to change, not even change, but to bring our country back to, to our roots, to, to reestablish and, and bring the liberties back to a firm foundation. That, yeah, that's you're exactly right. The Appleseed message is one that can resonate just as easily in a Democrat or a liberal's heart as it can in a Republican or conservative, because it's a message of hope for the country, not a message of hope for one political party or the other. The uh, This nation, it's not... Uh, well, when the nation goes down, we all go down. If the nation fails... One party or the other doesn't succeed. We all lose. Absolutely, and and I I love to hear him say that you know we are we are only a generation away from losing those liberties. As soon as we forget, as soon as the stories stop getting handed down from generation to generation, and we and we lose our way, that's when we lose our our, our way back to liberty. And we can't let it be our generation. 
and right. I saw what they were doing, and I saw that not only were they teaching people how to shoot and making riflemen, but they were making instructors. Anybody with basic math sees how that translates into exponential growth, and I saw that they really had an answer. And I, when they told me that I might have an opportunity to get up and tell those histories too, which is something I love to do, I couldn't resist. Immediately, I started even long before I made riflemen. We were going out to to gun shows and telling everybody I could about Appleseed. And after our, our many, I was walking down to our range office to go pay the the range fees and take care of every all the paperwork. And four times before I could even get to the office, people pulled me aside and said, "Appleseed, I've heard about that." And I'd stop and tell them, "Yeah, I'm the guy around here that does it." We'd have a 10-minute conversation. I'd walk in another 20 feet. Somebody else, apple seed, hey, I've heard about that. And so the word's getting out. Isn't that a nice feeling? It's awesome. I, I <laughs> You know, and, and in the end, every night when I lay my head on the pillow, I go to sleep just fine knowing that I actually have something that I can do to help our country out. And uh, sleep like a baby. Yeah, the other day, uh, and you know, we live, we're in a fairly remote part of the state, and uh, and my wife and kids, they got home one evening, they'd been in town in Temple, and uh, they were all excited, and I go, what are you guys so excited about? And uh, they said, we saw an apple cedar. I go, yeah, I said, how do you know? They said, because he was wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> And I said, well, that's that's certainly a way to know. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it was kind of uh, kind of strange. You know, they said, we saw a guy riding a motorcycle with an apple seed T-shirt on. And uh, and it's nice to know that, that, that we're getting to that point. And, you know, when you talk about the history, now that's what I use a great deal of the time now to uh, – to start my conversations. You know, you talk to people about uh, rifle marksmanship and stuff like that, and a lot of times you're kind of hard-pressed to to get people to uh, to get into the conversation. Because, one, they may, not, uh, they may not have any skills. And people that don't have skills in rifle marksmanship, they, they don't want to talk about it, right? They don't want to talk about that they don't have skills uh, or... Uh, the other way can be true, too, and that is you talk to somebody about rifle marksmanship, and they may just want to tell you, they may just want to start a one-way conversation about telling you how they were uh, snipers uh, in the Delta Force in Vietnam. Uh, Because I run into those people a hundred times more than I run into the cooks and the bottle washers and the regular infantry guys, uh, which uh, kind of surprises me because you'd think it would be just the opposite, right? But you have guys that want to talk about how uh, good they are and that they don't need instruction, et cetera, et cetera. But you start the conversation with uh, Lexington Green or the Founding Fathers, and uh, and people are willing to talk about that uh, because either they know about it, and if they do, then you know that they are in, a, in the right frame of mind to speak to them about Appleseed. And if they don't know about it, then generally, because you, you because you do know about it, 
you can speak to them about that, and then you can tell them about the Alpha Seed program, uh, you know, as a byproduct of the history, and they're willing to listen to it then. So I use that a lot of times to introduce the program to folks, is the American history, you know, the history of the Founding Fathers. I love leading in with letting people know that these people in Lexington had been free. They had, they had had the the opportunity to self-govern for 100 years before the, the events of April 18th and 19th. And a lot of people don't even realize it. They don't, they don't know that these were free men just trying to stay free. Right. Right. It wasn't uh, because one of the first things that people will try and tell you is, no taxation without representation, and that wasn't the real reason. Uh, certainly, it was one of the things that angered people, but the actual taxes were very low, almost insignificant. The real reason was what, uh, if you read the Hackett Fisher book, was what that the old man said when they interviewed him uh, 60 years later. They said, well, why'd you fight then? And he said, young man, we fought because... We had always governed ourselves, and they meant that we shouldn't. And that was the whole point, is we had always governed ourselves. We had governed ourselves as a nation already for over 100 years, 150 years, almost 200 years. We had already been self-sufficient and governing ourselves as a nation, and then they decided that we couldn't anymore. And that's when the trouble began. I think that we can learn a heck of a lesson from that, something that can bring us back to to more direct governance by the people. People aren't aware of, of, they're just not paying enough attention to what's going on with their elected representatives. Yeah, well, they think that they're, because of the fact that they don't know about their history, then they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know, they don't know who they are. They don't know that they are the government. They don't know who they are. They don't know what their history is. And when people find out, or when people listen to the story, and when you explain to them, I'm telling you, it is a powerful thing. It's a powerful switch that gets flipped on in people's heads when they start thinking, you know what, yeah, I, I am the government. I am the person that's supposed to be running the nation. And... I'm going to start doing something about it. I'm going to get involved. <clears throat> when we, people go to an Appleseed event, of course, we have the, the rifle marksmanship, which is our lure. Now, that being said, we have one of the absolute best, if not the best, fundamentals of rifle marksmanship programs in the United States. We certainly have the, most, the, the least expensive one. And uh, we use that as a lure and also as a way to get people involved in the history and in their lives. People set up a goal. They set themselves a goal of learning rifle marksmanship. Then we help them to achieve that goal. And when they do achieve that goal, when they do make themselves better shooters, uh, invariably the next thing on their mind is, what's next? What can I do next? I set this goal and I achieved it. And... Uh, it's like a launch pad, and, and people get excited. They said, "Wow, I never knew I could. I never knew I could teach my, you know, be taught to shoot. I never knew I could, in effect, 
teach myself by listening to these guys and putting their the techniques and skills to use and become an actual, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the path to becoming a rifleman. And now I, now I know that I can, so what else can I do? I bet there's a lot of things I could do. I bet there's a lot of things I could accomplish, just like I did this this weekend. And that is the truth of it. That is that is the, the message of hope. Yeah, there are a lot of things you can do. And uh, let's start with the most obvious ones of teaching yourself uh, to improve your rifle marksmanship. Okay, now you've done that. How about this? How about becoming involved in the programming, helping others to get this same feeling that you just got, helping them to learn about their history, about who they are, about what they have done as a nation before today, what they've done as, as a nation before today, what their, what their forefathers did, what the founding fathers did, and what they should be starting to think about leaving for their posterity. The founding fathers thought about their posterity a great deal. They, they left it in writings and discussed it a great deal over and over. What are we going to do? How are we going to make things better for, our, for those who come after for our posterity, us. Now, the same question should be on our minds. What can we do to leave a better nation for those who come after us? That's what we should be thinking about. How can we make sure that we leave a better nation for those who come after? Now, I'm all for the, the new green uh, living, you know, the uh, saving the environment. I'm... Uh, uh, anything that's positive, I'm sure welcome to uh, to help with that. All right, uh, but along with picking up the trash in the nation, uh, let's work on some of the other things too. Uh, let's don't just leave a a cleaned up, uh, nice clean roadsides on the highways for those who come after. Let's leave a working government. Let's let's leave a government which is safeguarding the the rights, the liberties, the freedoms of the people who exist uh, in that nation, and uh, that's the message that we bring. I'm going to bring uh, another caller on here. Now remember, you're welcome to call in area code three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Uh, okay, Sam, you out there? How's it going, Scout? I'm Good. here. Good. Welcome to the show. And uh, uh, Ball Dragon, I'm I'm you're I'm leaving you on. You can jump in anytime you want. You, Chris, uh, Pop, you guys are all still on the air. I haven't turned any of y'all's mics off. So uh, anytime y'all want to jump in, feel free to. Welcome to the show, Sam. And well, thank uh, you, thank Scout. Thanks for making yourself available in case there was uh, an emergency. I didn't get uh, – I had a reply from the satellite ever since I came in at lunch today saying that uh, uh, there was a link – that the link was not working, the satellite link wasn't working. So I didn't figure I was going to be able to come on the air again because it hadn't been working since, I guess, before lunch. And uh, so I called Sam D and asked him if he could – as he would go into the emergency mode and, and try and run the show from New Mexico, and and uh, he was setting it up, ready to do it, uh, if uh, if I called him. So I, I sure appreciate that. Not a problem. Fortunately for the rest of the folks out there, you were able to get on air. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. 
<laughs> how's life? How's the life you're leading in New Mexico going? It's going pretty well. Uh, we've had some a little bit of chill out here, but uh, things are going good. We've got some nice weather, and, and we're looking forward to a couple of shoots here in the next month. Opening up two new ranges for Appleseed, and uh, they're both ready to have us and, and anxious. We've had to get the city council to vote, get us permission to shoot at one of them, but they said, "Yeah, we're going to do it." That'll be Carlsbad on the on the twentieth of December. And that'll be okay. a fine shoot. And this uh, is going to be in Carlsbad. Yes, sir. Carlsbad, New Mexico. I Brand like new territory Carlsbad. for Appleseed. I sure like Carlsbad, and I still remember, you know, I was back the, I was there in, uh, I don't know, sixty something, and uh, and I still remember going to the caverns there, and uh, uh, and this was back when, uh, I imagine it's not like it anymore, but this was back when it was kind of, uh, uh, well, all the national parks were, you know, were kind of, uh, uh, it was very easy going, and uh, mm-hmm. I still remember going through the caverns. And uh, and the screams of all the people as uh, the bats begin to leave the cave, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everybody was screaming and down on the floor. I don't know if they do that anymore, but uh, uh, you know, sure oh, the impression they, of mine. They don't do that too much. They don't do that too much anymore, Scout, because because uh, you see, them rangers don't want people to scare them bats. We really? can't terrify and intimidate them bats by screaming like that. <laughs> do they let, it's not do they environmentally have, friendly to be screaming. Do they still have the tours and stuff there? They do. Oh, okay. They do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you said it, it's not like I said, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding. I figured, well, he's probably right. They probably they probably said that. <laughs> but uh, I still remember we were, we were like it, the, the tour we were, we were on. Was in a fairly small uh, chamber. Uh, I don't think you could actually stand up straight, and uh, and you could touch both sides on either side of you with your hands outspread. <laughs> and uh, there were probably you know a couple hundred thousand bats trying to use the thing at the same time, and uh, and it was it was terrified. <laughs> Now it's uh it still is impressive to go down through there and it's a beautiful area. A lot of things to do if people want to go do a little camping down there. Uh it's a good place to spend a vacation. It'll be around the holidays. Have a lot of tourists come down there for that time. A lot of retirees stay down there. Carlsbad is uh very well decorated for Christmas along both sides of the river and they have boat tours. So if anybody wants to come down and and, uh, have an enjoyable shoot the weekend before Christmas, I highly encourage it. Well, have you guys had your first snow yet? Not down here. Uh, We've had snow come down, but it didn't stay. Uh, Daytime temperature's still up in the 60s and all. Got down to 18 last night, but, but the snow won't stay. When will you get your first snows, do you think, there? Uh, first one that'll stay will be into January. Oh, okay. So you guys, so let it be known near and wide that New Mexico is open for business 
uh, until January. So <clears throat> everybody that can uh, that can get to the shoots out there, I, I can't think of a more beautiful uh, uh, location and weather than uh, the Carlsbad area or the Raton uh, area uh, at this time of year. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's beautiful down here in southern New Mexico, and even if it does snow, we will shoot. It snowed day after Christmas last year, and we shot anyway. I don't think it got over about uh, 31 degrees that Saturday and Sunday, but we shot anyway. Well, and it's not, uh, it's, I think, not as normally not uh, <coughs> the northern type snows anyway, at least not till after January, not where you get... Uh, uh, you know, a foot, two foot at once, and you have to to tramp your way down to the target. But oh no, uh, them folks up in 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 Raton and Santa Fe and Albuquerque, they put up with that stuff. But we want to play with snow. We drive up in the mountain, and when my toes get cold, I come back down. Uh, <laughs> we, we we don't have that problem. <laughs> it's beautiful down here to shoot, and anybody in. Uh, in uh, southern New Mexico or West Texas or uh, Arizona, uh, highly encourage you to come on down. Uh, like I say, Carlsbad is a very friendly town for visitors, and uh, you, you'll enjoy it. It's a nice facility, and we'll have a good shoot there. Well, I keep saying I'm going to head out there, and and I will soon because. Uh, I'm going to. I've got the folks uh, enough good instructors here in Texas. They can take. Uh, they can certainly take over uh, running the stuff at my place, and then I can start. Uh, I can start getting out across the nation uh, and going on shoots. Uh, you found your replacement. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit on a sofa. <laughs> yeah, I've got a. I've got a good group of. Uh, of um, there is a good group. The Appleseed program has a good group of men here in in Texas, and uh, and they <clears throat> they showed themselves uh, this last week. Uh, Vortrecker and uh, uh, Steve uh, Metalbot, all those guys did a great job at the event here this last week, and I have uh, no worries about uh, letting them uh, run the the stuff here at the ranch. And uh, matter of fact, it's. Uh, for me, uh, it, I would much prefer uh, to be somewhere else than here because, uh, you know, it never fails that uh, if I'm here at the ranch and there's a cow out or if the tractor needs to be repaired, etc., uh, my boss uh, is not that accepting of, of my excuse that I'm running a, an apple seed event to save the nation. Uh, so, and of course, my boss is my father. Now, he's a good man, but I'm telling you, if the nation were made up of folks like him, uh, we would not be in this problem now because the the representatives of the nation would be so tired of hearing them gripe and complain about the stuff that they would just do it. So they would be so they would shut up, you know. <laughs> They would do the right thing so they did not have to listen to it. So it's easier for me to be in an event uh, outside the state, uh, you know, where if something happens, uh, 
wish I could help, but uh, but I'm somewhere else. So. Well, you break out and come on down, shoot with us. You're always welcome out here, Scout. Well, I will do it. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, uh, we sent out, uh, I sent out this morning, I sent out a uh, bulletin to all the instructors, and it's uh, talking about uh, two issues. Uh, one issue was the uh, chamber flags, and... Uh, I know everybody has their different uh, methods of making it work, and uh, and uh, so so when we talked about it uh, long and hard about it, and then we finally decided that the best thing to do was to use the uh, full size chamber flags for the center fire rifles, and then for the rim fires to go ahead and. Uh, and have them cut one inch from the bend forward, which is about halfway, and uh, and then trim down to fit the the rim fires. All right, and then uh, and this isn't done there at the event. You know, you uh, whoever the shoe boss is going to be is going to go ahead and uh, and uh, chop up a bag of these uh, prior to it because we don't want the attendees doing it. Uh, we don't want uh, uh, it being done there, we want a good uniform cut made on the flags so that they do their job, which is uh, they're long enough to extend into the chamber, and they can fit into the uh, the rim fire actions and chambers. Uh, so this isn't something that uh, uh, this isn't something that is a uh, uh, like an option. I mean, this is a uh, new Appleseed policy we're sending out, and we need everybody to to do it. And, and of course, everybody has uh, their their different methods of uh, of uh, of handling this. But this is uh, this is a decision that was made at the master instructor level. So we we need everybody to to be in compliance with it, and that is to make sure that they follow the guidelines that uh, that are established on it. So that we can have a standardized uh, way of the of setting up the chamber flags for the rifles for the rimfire rifles. Now, I'll also tell you that I, I believe that we are uh, getting new batches made up uh, from the uh, from the folks because all they had to do they didn't have to uh, they didn't have to make a new mold because making a new mold. Would cost uh, I don't know between four and eight thousand dollars, you know, for them to make a new mold for it because that's how much the original mold cost. Uh, they can just alter, uh, uh, not permanently alter, but temporarily alter the mold that we have to in order to make the new batches of for the rimfire flags. So that's coming down the the line. But right now we're asking the folks to uh, to pay attention to the the. Uh, the MI bulletin we sent out. The other thing is uh, making sure that on Saturday mornings, <clears throat> for the Saturday morning instruction, that you use your A-team for giving the instruction. What I mean by that is use your best instructors. Use uh, Red Hats or or your, your top-of-the-line uh, uh, ITs to give your Saturday morning instruction. And, and the reason we decided to do this is for, uh, is for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, 
is when you give out that first instruction in the morning on Saturdays, we're talking about the safety briefings, the uh, uh, the safety rules, the criteria for a safe rifle, uh, six steps to firing the shot, building a stable shooting position, uh, determining your natural point of aim, shifting it onto the target, inches, minutes, clicks, talking targets, uh, all of that stuff is making sure that the attendees who are listening, that they hear the sharpest, cleanest, most correct version of that as possible the first time they hear it. Because you all know how what it's like if you hear something that uh, uh, that's a little bit uh, skewed or if it's not said right the first time, then that's stuck in your head. You know, they said, uh, I don't remember what the I read the other day about... Uh, uh, how it takes like 30 or 40 repetitions of something to get it, uh, to to start getting it correct. But it can take up to 30,000 repetitions to remove a bad, uh, uh, something that you've learned bad. So, <clears throat> so we want you to use your best folks for, uh, for giving out the instruction on Saturday mornings. All right. Now this also has the benefit of, we know that uh, a lot of folks are getting their uh, getting their instruction on how to become instructors. The IITs are uh, are getting their instruction at the Appleseed events. That's where they're that's where they're learning uh, to become instructors. But uh, not all of them are doing an event uh, every month or or every two weeks, etc. Some of them go. Uh, a couple of months in between events, and some of them are brand new. <clears throat> and uh, when you grab somebody who's brand new, brand spanking new on Saturday morning, say, okay, buddy, it's you. Let's go. Let's do it. That uh, a lot of times there's a, uh, you know, it, it can be a little bit rough on them giving these stuff, and sometimes uh, they kind of stumble through it. Uh, how do I know this? Because that's what I did. You know, I kind of stumbled through some of the stuff the first few times uh, I was thrown into it because I didn't have my game down. Uh, so what we needed was also a way to give these guys a good refresher course uh, at the opposite events. So this is what we determined was the best way. You have the uh, have your A-team give the introductions and the instructions, safety briefings, etc., on Saturday morning. The attendees get to hear the sharpest, clearest uh, explanations, the most correct explanations, and it's a refresher course for your IITs who are there. So they get to hear a good refresher course before you throw them into it uh, in the event. So they've heard it again, the correct way to do it. They've heard it again once they've got there. Now you can start getting them to uh, to do their PCs, and you can get, start getting them to do the refresher courses of it uh, that are going to come up all day long, the rest of the day Saturday, and then all day Sunday. So they're going to hear the correct way to do it, and they're going to be able to do it uh, uh, the rest of the day, Saturday and Sunday. So those were the two issues that uh, just got sent out to everybody. And uh, I hope everybody will take that to heart and implement it as soon as possible. And, and I'm already getting uh, stacks of email about... Uh, from folks saying, uh, "Why are you changing this?" and uh, and we were we already figured this out. And you're right, we did. And uh, and 
This is the new version. And uh, you're going to get new versions of different things uh, from now until the end of Appleseed. Because as we learn how to do things better, uh, as we learn how to do things safer, and we're going to try and uh, implement those new, uh, those better ways of doing things. So uh, this is just the first MI bulletin that will come out, and there will be some more that uh, come down. Every time we can figure something else out to run a, a more efficient line, a safer line, uh, then we're going to make a determination on it, and we're going to, to send it out. And when we do, it is it should be considered as new Appleseed policy. And that means that uh, that the the bulletin sent out when they contain a new way of doing something or new policies, and that is the new policy for Appleseed. It's uh, it's not going to be a uh, an optional thing of of, you, of the instructors to do it if they want to or if they feel like it. It's it's actually Appleseed policy, you know, from that point forward. So I just wanted to make sure I got that out here and uh, that folks knew about it. No, I think that's good uh, good policy there, Scout. You might want to trim one up and post a picture of it so folks know exactly what you're talking about and there's no right. confusion on their part. Right. And, uh, I thought we had already done that, but uh, I'll have to get it. I'll have to to check and see. I know that we that I know that it's been done on the MI board. I think there are several photographs there. We're just going to to uh, fly those over to the shoot boss and instructor boards. So they can see what we're talking about. There's the actual pictures with measurements, etc., on it, so they can see. And what uh, and what you do for the uh, <clears throat> the the ones that you've cut. Now on the full size ones, on the full size flags, when you look at them, you can see that it, it's made uh, a certain way, right? It's made a certain way, and if you were to break it, you'd be able to tell because it would no longer look right. Now, on the ones that you've trimmed up, it's going to be hard to tell unless uh, what you do is after you make the cut, you take your Sharpie and you color the end of it black, you know, the very tip of it black. That way, if a part of it were to break off, then you would no longer be able to see the black, and that would let you know that there was a part that was broken off and that the barrel needed to be rotted. You can tell on the the full size ones. You can look and you can see the uh, you can see if it has the factory end or not. You know, it has that rounded end. So if you don't mm. see that rounded end, then uh, you know that a part is broken off, and you've got to rod the barrel to make sure it's not. Now, <clears throat> along with that is also the uh, was also the uh, the instruction is to make sure. And, and most instructors do this already, and they'll do this in their safety briefing. Uh, is the, when you talk about the chamber flags, et cetera, is that you let them know that the responsibility for ensuring that the chamber is clear falls upon the shoulders of those people actually firing the rifles. The person who is firing the rifle is in charge of visually checking and ensuring that their, that their chambers are clear. Uh, a lot of places don't use safety flags, and even if they do, uh, the only way to tell for sure that your chamber is empty 
is by racking that bolt, locking it back, and looking into the chamber and ensuring that it is indeed empty. The chamber flags are not for the shooters. They're for the instructors who are going to clear the line. It's just to show us that they have visually cleared their chamber and then put the flag in to show us that it was cleared. So they have to make sure that the instructors who are given the briefings on Saturday mornings need to make sure that the attendees understand that the responsibility for clearing their rifle falls onto their shoulders. All right. <clears throat> Let me... Uh, If you'd like to call in, you've got about three minutes left. You can call uh, area code 347-308-8790 if you'd like to call in. Uh, OG, you have anything to add? Oh, no, sir. I'm fine. All right. Uh, how are the rest of the folks doing there in New Mexico? Have you... Uh, have you worked with uh, or heard from Charles Glock or Blue Feather lately? Oh, yes. Um, Hello. Hello. Go ahead. I'm sorry? Uh, who are you speaking with, Scout? Uh, with you, Sam. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought there was someone else there you're speaking to. No, no I was no. with them over last weekend, and uh, they're doing well. We're looking to plan some more shoots and uh, and just get things rolling. Like I say, uh, out here, nothing ever quits. It's a continual planning process. We're always looking for new ranges, trying to recruit more instructors, trying to upgrade the instructors that we have. And uh, it's just a nonstop process. I, I can't sit on the sofa yet, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I've got faith in that. <laughs> well, be sure to tell him I said hi, and uh, and also I'm going to give her another plug because uh, oh, one, one thing I, I love Blue Feather Death and Tyler Clock. They're both it's a great uh, uh, man and wife instructor team, and uh, but she <laughs> also uh, she also makes soap uh, as part of her. Uh, is part of her economic program for subsisting. And I told her that I would try and give her uh, plugs on the radio show for people to buy her soap so that uh, so that she can spend more time on the firing line. So if you want to get a good bar of handmade soap, uh, you can go to Blue Feather. I'd say what, Google Blue Feather and, uh, and soap. And you will get her. She will come straight up on the on the calling in uh, there on the uh, on Google, and uh, you can buy a bar of soap from her, and you can help the help benefit the Appleseed program by uh, making it easier for her to to teach at events. <laughs> well, let, let me do let me do the commercial here. Okay, go ahead. That's right, folks. Don't touch that dial. Buy Blue Brother soap. Stay clean for a while. How's that? <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Listen, thanks to everybody that uh, that called in. Thanks to all the folks uh, uh, on the chat line, and 
uh, on the online chat program uh, for all the help that they always do. And uh, be sure and tune in next week, next Tuesday, uh, for the Fort Stewart Show. And uh, Old uh, Glory, I'll be talking to you between now and then, and uh, we will get that set up along with the rest of the guys who are at Fort Stewart. So next Tuesday night at uh, 7 o'clock Central, will be uh, you'll be getting the uh, the audio and the uh, the interviews from the folks at the Fort Stewart show. All right, we're out of time. Uh, thanks for everybody for calling in. Thanks for everybody for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday night, seven o'clock, seven p.m. Central. Night, folks. You guys take care. God bless you all. <laughs>